Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View. Now, the US economy and stock market are in focus today as investors mount mixed signals coming out in recent days. Now, earlier, if you recall, consumer prices in the US jumped 7.7% on year in October, the smallest yearly increase since January and also below the 7.9% rise expected. Now, similarly, producer prices also increased less than forecast at 8% for October, providing more evidence that inflation was starting to subside. Now, investors took that as a sign for the Fed to take its foot off the pedal and for the central bank to tone down the pace of interest rate hikes. But St. Louis Fed President James Bullard said last Thursday that the policy rate is still not yet in a zone that may be considered sufficiently restrictive. And he said that terminal Fed fund rates could reach the 5 to 7% range, dampening hopes of a Fed pivot. So question is, what exactly is the current state of the U.S. economy and how are market watchers reading into these developments? For more, let's speak to Sean Cruz, Head Trading Strategies at TD Ameritrade. Hi, Sean, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Always good to chat with you. And Sean, let's start by looking at October's inflation figures. We are getting some mixed signals here. Consumer prices, producer prices for October showed that price pressures are easing, but we also saw retail sales figures remaining uh, rather sticky. So how do you read into those reports and what is the state of the U.S. economy exactly? So I think one thing is looking at what we're seeing in terms of just that inflationary data. Um, We're going in the right direction. That's what markets wanted to see. But I think it's worth noting, and you sort of hinted at this, is that the Fed isn't, doesn't want to see progress in getting inflation where they want to see inflation move lower. So I think what they're seeing here is what we've been doing is working, but as long as we're getting retail sales data that shows that there's still a lot of demand out there, we have a, still have some work to do and we may need to continue to hike rates. And I really think that was uh, more or less what was behind what we heard from Bullard was that uh, they may have to get a little bit more restrictive if they really want to start hitting demand to, to really bring inflation lower. Right. Uh, Speaking about demand and retail spending, how do you expect retail spending to come in for the holiday season? I mean, if you look at Target, it reported slowing demand. If you look at Amazon, it announced a layoff in recent days. Uh, Do you think that is an accurate reflection of consumer sentiment going forward? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. One thing we've heard is that a lot of these um, in-store retailers are having to do quite a bit of discounting to try and clear out some of their inventories. And I think that's really what is is going to be monitored very closely by a lot of analysts and a lot of investors. And it's something you may have to just anecdotally get when you're going out there and just seeing what sort of discounts are you seeing when you go to Target, when you go to Walmart. And is that actually maybe driving consumers um, into Target, into Walmart, into places like Best Buy, um, which would come potentially at the expense of Amazon. So I certainly think Amazon are going out there and, and cutting um, you know, a lot of their their plans for more hiring, building out more capacity on the the shipping front is something to take note of. But I think we really want to see just how much um, a lot of these retailers have to discount to get consumers to come back into the store. I'm going to be interested Mm -hmm. to see if if Amazon is starting to feel a little bit of the pressure that they're not always the clear-cut, cheaper 
um, faster option. A lot of these uh, these stores like Target and Walmart have figured out that sort of this last mile curbside pickup, local delivery, things like that. And that might be pressuring Amazon a little bit, um, but they also may be more broadly just expecting um, for a little bit of a slowdown out of the consumer. So we're gonna have to see how much of that is just competition mm -hmm. and how much is just general um, slowdown in demand. And uh, also, Sean, I'd like to touch on this comment by St. Louis Fed President James Bullard. He suggested that the Fed might need to raise short-term interest rates as high as 7%. But uh, in a commentary for CNBC, we have Ron Insana from Stroders. He called this absurd. So I, I want to get a second opinion here. What are your thoughts on this? Is 7% reasonable? <laughs> Yeah, I think one thing is everyone, When if you think back to the start of this year, there was one person who came out and said, um, we're not going to be able to get what we need to do done with just two or three 25 basis point rate hikes. We're going to need a lot more than that. And there was a lot of people right. out there that came out and said that was that's absurd. You know, we've never seen a Fed really get that aggressive. And look at what we've gotten. We've gotten unwinding the balance sheet. We've gotten multiple 75 basis point rate hikes. So I think Bullard is something that you can ignore. Um, you can ignore what he says at your own risk. I'm not saying you need to immediately price it in, but give it a little bit of, a, of, of respect as a, a potential needed outcome, especially if we continue to get demand remaining somewhat elevated, we're not gonna be able to get inflation down to levels we need to get it down to without a significant slowdown in demand. And I think Bullard is sort of acknowledging that yes, we're making progress on inflation, but so far what we've done hasn't really choked out inflation to the extent that we need to, we may have some more work to do. And I think he said five was the bottom, but they may need to go as high as seven. Um, so I think it really is a matter of once they get towards you know 5% or higher than what we really were seeing there, and then he'll probably reassess and say, yeah, we, we are probably gonna need to go to seven or yeah, we've got it done. So giving himself a bit of a range there. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, Sean, let's turn our attention to look at equity markets. Now, you mentioned that equity markets continue to remain resilient, uh, building on the strength of a strong reversal seen towards the later part of October, despite some disappointing results from the biggest mega cap tech firms. Tell us more about the reasons for that uh, good performance. Well, one I think is just uncertainty is a, is always a major headwind can really weigh on markets. And if you notice, once we got through that week where we had all the big fang names, the big mega cap companies come out and report, even though what they reported wasn't great, that actually sort of took a lot of measures of uncertainty um, that we track in the market. They actually came down quite a bit. And that was just because we heard some up-to-the-date um, commentary from management, not only on how things are going right now, but where they see things going. Um, and we also had you know, a lot of other developments that can impact equity markets. The dollar came down significantly. Rates finally started to moderate a little bit. So I think it was encouraging to see that that 3,600 was, was, at least for now, um, the short-term bottom. Now I think we want to see markets just sort of actually, I think, treading water here around 3,900 just in this area. I actually think that would be a, an ideal outcome to stay here for a little bit mm -hmm. and build a little, little bit more of a base that we can maybe get some some more legs higher here moving forward. But I think establishing a strong base at 3,900 um, and, and just chopping sideways for the, mm -hmm. the days and weeks to come would be a positive development. Right. And since we're on the topic of uh, equity markets and also tech, we saw some major layoffs in November by, you know, Twitter, Meta, Amazon. But 
layoffs aren't necessarily a bad thing for the company, isn't it? If you look at C Group, the question is, uh, is, is the worst over for the tech sector in the U.S.? We might still have a little bit more to come. I think right now is when things are great, um, interest rates are low, there's plenty of liquidity, cash is everywhere, um, companies are borrowing and using that money to up, update their their digital infrastructure, whatever that might be. There's just going to be plenty of money to go around um, in the tech space. But now that you're starting to see companies tighten up a little bit in terms of what they're spending because they want to defend margin, protect profitability, it, it's sort of drying things up a little bit. And maybe it is sort of exposing some of the areas in these tech companies that there's an opportunity to go out there and make some cuts to that really don't affect their ability to operate as a, a, a high function entity moving forward. Um, the question is if we've had enough, I think that remains to be seen. But this is really just a continuation of a trend that we've really seen um, mm -hmm. throughout the year. This started earlier on. There were some of these companies coming out and, and cutting a couple thousand here, a right. couple thousand there. It, it makes sense. You're starting to see that just spread throughout the, the tech industry. But it sounds like the workers are getting cut. There's demand for those types of workers elsewhere, and they're getting scooped up fairly quickly. Right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Sean Cruz, Head Trading Strategies at TD Ameritrade. Well, Sean, I'd like to quickly look at this new development out yesterday. Disney reappointed Bob Iger as its CEO after a string of disappointing results. What do you think this would mean for Disney's business and outlook? So one thing is when you get these CEO transitions, and, and it does look like this was heavily weighted or heavily driven by just wanting to change in the strategic uh, direction of the company, you're probably now going to be in initially the, the, the uh, investors um, for Disney really responded well to it. The stock was up, had a really good day. But I think now moving forward, you might have to give yourself a couple quarters of sort of realignment and readjustment. So if you expect things to turn around immediately, um, probably you're not going to get that immediate satisfaction. You might have to be a little bit patient. This is going to be more like turning an aircraft carrier than turning a speedboat, trying to, to get a lot of, of realignment and change the strategic direction of Disney. Mm -hmm. But certainly, Bog Iger, I mean, the, the company did great before. Um, a lot of analysts and investors out there were, were almost hoping <laughs> he would come back, or if nothing else, there'd be a change in leadership. Um, mm -hmm. So anytime you see this kind of response from the stock, that indicates that this is something the market it sees as a good development um, for the future of the company. But you are probably going to have to be patient here um, in terms of, of getting that to actually show up in the results. Right. Well, Sean, uh, TD Ameritrade, you have an investor movement index that just came out about a week ago. And uh, investor movement index was measured at 3.96 in October, which is down from its previous score in September. Uh, tell us what does this mean essentially and how are investors positioned in the market currently? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it shows that as we got through October, um, there were some pretty big, I, I think, moments of uh, the market had a, a pretty wide range. And I think when the market was swinging to the bottom, we actually saw um, in those weeks where it was sort of at those lows, um, clients were using that as an opportunity to buy. And then when we moved up towards the higher end of that range in October, that's where there was a, a little bit of, of selling pressure. So it looked like a little bit of buy low, sell high. There was still a lot of uncertainty, I think, hanging over the market um, for the outlook 
um, you know, if not just here in the near term, but even through the, the rest of 2023. So investors certainly got a little bit more defensive. Would well, that put them in a, a good spot to have a lot of dry powder to put to work mm-hmm. in November? And I think you saw that uh, get put back to work fairly quickly when we got some of that inflationary data out. But I do think now it's going to be a matter of seeing how they respond to the, the ebb and flow of the the news cycle and the headlines that we're getting, because we're certainly not in the clear, but I do think maybe some of those worst case scenarios got got pulled off the table here a little bit, and that drove some improvement in investor enthusiasm and investor optimism. Right. Before we let you go, Sean, what are the stocks that Singapore investors are buying in the U.S.? So one thing we actually saw Singapore clients uh, interested in was names like Microsoft, uh, AMD, Amazon, Apple, some of those names that got hit pretty hard when they came out and reported earnings. I think that shows the mentality of sort of the long run, um, the long run mindset that a lot of these investors have is when you see Apple, Amazon, these big tech companies get the pullbacks they do, they're using that as opportunities to go out there and buy those names. And then we also saw some strength in companies that maybe they feel like the outlook is still sufficiently uncertain, or maybe the best days are are behind them, or they're just not expecting to see great returns. Those are names that actually sold on some of that strength. And those are names like Netflix, um, ExxonMobil, a few names like that were, were names where they rotated out of so it wasn't really sector by sector where they were going and buying or selling anything and everything in, in one sector they were really doing a, a little bit of a name by name it's a bit more of a stock pickers um type of an environment in october and i actually think that is what is going to continue moving forward is you're gonna have to go out there and find the companies that are executing well um and, and sort of pick them name by name not just go into a sector and, and buy it as a whole well thanks very much sean that was sean cruz head trading strategies at td ameritrade thank you very much for joining us on money fm 89.3 before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.